What's poppin' congregation? It's your girl, Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess, and my voice has returned, guys. I know y'all mad because y'all was really loving that smooth, quiet storms. Y'all too horny. Y'all horny, horny because of the pandemic. But I'm glad y'all are staying inside and not bumping uglies and getting Miss Delta and her sorority sisters because they're out here, guys. They're probating and they're strolling everywhere you go. Guys, I'm very... What? Yes, excited. Did I say this was Scam Goddess Podcast? Yeah, if you, if you clicked on it, you know, right? Look, these intros are getting sloppier and sloppier. But I'm very what? Yes, excited for today's guest. And I truly am, guys, because this is like, you know, you see mutuals around. You be like, oh, she funny. Oh, she cute. We got a lot of mutual friends, but we haven't ever crossed paths. Now that intersection is happening right now. Crash. No car crash. No murders. Okay? Um, Guys, today we have a hilarious comedian. She's an actress. Most recently, you've seen her as a, or you've heard her writings in. Musings on the HBO Max sketch series that damn Michael Che, and she appeared in Pause with Sam J. Come on, New York, New York vibes. She'll be in an upcoming Hulu series, Life and Beth, alongside Amy Schumer and Michael Sarab, and her new stand-up special, Whiskey Fist, premiered on Comedy Central Digital on August 18th. So check that out now, honey. Get online and check that out now. Congregation, please welcome Rosebud Baker to the show. Thank you. Oh my God, <laughs> that intro. <laughs> That, wow. That a minute and a half. Oh my God. Not normally I was like, that long. I was impressed with myself for a second there. You oh killing it. <laughs> you no, thank it. you. Thank you for making it sound so professional. I was it like, it is. She's booked and she's busy. I was like, you can see her here. You can hear her here. You know, close your eyes. You also see her on your eyelids. She's everywhere. Yeah. I love We this. do have so many mutual friends. It's we like, do. it's crazy. How long have you been in New York? I was in New York for two years and then I said, it ain't for me. It was too right. cold. I was tired of fighting everybody on the train. Um, okay. But like, I feel like the stand up community in New York is like so tight knit. Like, so, you know, yes. y'all are booked yes. and busy. The, I was Incestuous doing Incestuous is what it is. We are oh, yes. incestuous. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's how yeah. improv is. I started in stand-up <laughs> in New York, and I'm back in stand-up now, but it was kind of, like, nasty and dirty. And, you know, I used to go to the Karma oh, yeah. lounges. I used to go to the um, the Eastvilles and the and the mm-hmm. Gothams. Mm-hmm. But it was just, mm-hmm. like, a lot of nasty men. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Karma Lounge, that is the that's one place where, for some reason, the law not to smoke, just, just they just oh, decided they there. weren't going to do that. <laughs> They were like, no, we're not going to do it. We're just mm-hmm. going to let people smoke cigarettes indoors. And yeah. somehow they still do it. It's I like worked there. Through the pandemic. Oh, you yes. did? Yes, honey. <gasps> I used to be a hookah hoochie. I used to, oh. that's how I started doing stand up because they had stand up nights and Naomi Ek Paragon um, would host one. And then one time I was like, let me dip a toe. And then I couldn't stop. I loved it. But no, I made hookahs. I have a cigarette burn on my wrist from somebody burning <laughs> me with a cigarette. Oh my God, no. <laughs> yes, oh I was my 21. God. That's like basically a tattoo. That's that's a tattoo. If it came from Karma Lounge, it counts as a tattoo and yes. not just a scar. A tattoo you know? and a scar. And I will mm-hmm. say, as a baby scammer, it was like some British dude. And we were like coyote ugly and we were also very ratchet. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, Sydney, like Sydney's had her ratchet, uh, you know, bartending bottle service days. Um, oh, yeah. I remember when he burned me, I was going to grab the bouncer. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, open up your wallet. And then I took all the cash out of his wallet. He had at least $100. And I was like, you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You're just like, you're going to pay me off right now. <laughs> right. And if he didn't have enough cash, he was going to be grass. But Rosebud, yeah. back to you. Okay, so what is your relationship with scams? Have you ever been scammed? Do you like scams? Like, it could be anything. Okay. So I think the closest, first of all, as a white woman, the 
the most susceptible I am to scams is uh, cults, okay? <laughs> no. We love a cult. I mean, I don't know what it is about it. We're like, we are the target demo for cults. And I got taken to, to a cult meeting by a friend mm-hmm. who was in my acting class. And it was called like the Superstar, like it was such a dumb name. It was like Superstar's, um, power circle or something like that. I mean, it sounded like it was from the Powerpuff Girls. And I, I went in and I had this, I'm not like an easily scammed person. Mm -hmm. And so I went and I sat and I watched this guy who was like, it's always just some, some subpar looking, you know, middle-aged white guy Mm -hmm. with, uh, who's like short and not hot and bad facial hair. And he was in the middle of the circle at this yoga studio going around telling these girls that they needed to like channel their feminine energy, right? That's Mm -hmm. their favorite thing to do is tell you like, oh, if you get into your submissive side, then you'll have better relationships, you know, because it was all these women who were like artistic and had like full creative lives, but they weren't satisfied like with the men in their lives, which mm-hmm. surprise. Right. Um, I mean, who is ever satisfied with a man? You know, you only get I'm, partial satisfaction. Men get yeah. like three and a half stars, you know, throughout their lifetime. The best of them. <laughs> the best I mean, of them. my husband gets three and a half. Okay. <laughs> and that's on a good day. So I, so I'm sitting here watching this guy like break each woman down until she's like crying mm. and he gets to me. And I was like, I, I just want to see what would happen if I don't cry or if I just don't <laughs> lean into this. Like, what would happen to this guy if I didn't act the way that he wanted me to? And when I tell you, this man had a full baby tantrum, like might as well have shit on the floor. He was truly um, beside himself, like yeah. threw a fit in front of these women and was and I was told I could never come back. So I was kicked out of a cult before I ever got Rose, to join. You were too good looking to be in the cult and them not be able to brainwash you. Because if a, if a bad bitch comes up to me and I'm in the cult, and she's like, hey, hey, you notice that this uh, great value Keith Raniere ass nigga don't really know shit. Like, I would be like, I'm going with the bad bitch. I'd be like, absolutely. Where, where do I pack my things? I join your cult, Rosebud? I join I your mean, cult? I mean, truly, I was hoping, I was hoping that I had that kind of charisma. No one followed me. And by the way, every woman in this cult was fucking hot. I mean, every single one of them was a 10. And and I'm talking a New York 10, not like, not a Kentucky 10, a New York 10. That's a good 10. Now, it's not as much of a 10 as an LA 10, because you have to have plastic surgery to be an LA 10. No, yeah, you got to spend money on your face. Um, (laughs) But these, these women were hot, and they all stayed. And I was like, what? is going on like this guy is not that great you know and um but my friend stayed for another three years she ended up giving that guy like she almost gave him her inheritance and then she finally got out Mm -hmm. years I Mm -hmm. thought you were gonna say three months oh my three years now this is what I will say if you are a bad bitch especially if you're like a bad bitch white woman I would think like because white women have so much privilege and operating in spaces and everyone's always looking at them and they're always in all the ads and on all the television screens if you're a bad bitch white lady and you can't get a man to act right or you can't get married I'm sure that that that's like apparent you're like what like how yeah it's like it's like when you see um a white guy who's homeless you're like what Huh. I didn't I didn't know. Uh, right. You know like, what I mean? how, did this, how did 
did you waste right. all that lack of melanin? You didn't. They, right. they didn't give you a home automatically. What? Yeah, it's okay. like what is it? Um, Fran Lebowitz is like if you're a white man in America and you're not the president, you fucked up. <laughs> like, like, like it's your fault, basically. And I, uh, I can't, I can't agree more with her on that front. But I truly like, yeah, it's crazy to me. I think there's something about. I think when, I think it is privilege that that makes women, especially that makes white women, go into these cults. Is like. I'm, I have all the things that I need. I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth and I still haven't eaten a, a goddamn thing, you know? Right. And so then they, they're like, I must need some help to, uh, you know, level Elevate up. myself. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Now, I won't just say it's just white women because I have some friends in cults and they are black and um, beautiful. And um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's I always think beautiful it's just, women. Right. Sometimes it's yeah. trauma. Sometimes it's something really bad happened to you and you're just looking for community. Sometimes it's just community. If you're very lonely and now you've got right. all these hot friends and, and, you know, y'all stand up till 3 a.m. playing volleyball and, you know, th- th- now that's your life. So right. I absolutely understand the appeal. But yes, that is a good that's a that's a good scam to dive into. We love a good cult on here. Um, yeah. If you just look good in linen, you know what I mean? That's true, another thing. Like true. if you just look good in linen, flowing linen fabrics, mm-hmm. you fit in. <laughs> and and listen, that's how you do. And we, we sell, I'm not in a cult, but I will sell you linens for your cult. I will. <laughs> <laughs> that's a scam. Okay. I'm going to get you now dripped out. You're going to show up scam. to the cult looking like, you know, a hundred bucks. <laughs> But guys, let's get into our first segment here. What's hot and fraud? Guys, as always, if you want to snitch on your friends and family, scamgoddesspod at gmail.com. Just make sure your scam is retired so we don't what? Yes, fuck up your bag. Hot and fraud is... Hot and Fried is a segment where we warn you guys about what's popping in the streets, but more often than not, we get your letters like I just stated. So today we have a letter. And Rosebud, I need a fake name. Okay. Um, let's give them Pam. Cam? <laughs> Pam. Pam. Yeah. Okay, like the spray. Right, right. Uh, Y'all like that ASMR I gave y'all real quick? I love that. (laughs) So so Pam says... Okay, I don't know what that this really qualifies as a scam, but I just listened to an episode where Lacey mentioned that she always forgets to... I love that you wrote Lacey like, who you think reading these? It's me, girl. It's me. I'm reading them. <laughs> um, no, Scam Goddess is reading them. So uh, I need to separate those two for just like legal liability, okay? Right, uh, yeah, For when I get sued. <laughs> so she said that she always forgets to cancel the at the end of a free trial. I one time complained about this to my baby brother, who was like 14 at the time, and he suggested... Or he said, I just canceled them as soon as I sign up and it still gives you the full free trial. I have been doing this ever since and it works almost every single time. The only issues I've had are with products with Apple Music or Apple TV because they warn you before you cancel that you're about to lose the service. Probably not a true scam, but still a useful thing to know. Um, I don't know. I think that that's a nice little scam, like a, a free trial moment, a 14 day robbery. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it. Well, what's beautiful about it is it it feels like a mutual scam, you know? Right. Like they're scamming you, you're scamming them. Because all they want is you to forget. They want Mm -hmm. you to forget so that then they can run that card up, run it up. uh, And they always do arbitrary dates. It'll be like 14-day free trial or 8-day free trial. Or even when you go to return shit in stores, what is this 21-day return policy? Who decided 21? I think it's that you... When you see 21, you, in your brain, you go, oh, I have a month. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You don't, 
if you give the exact number of days, like if it's 28, you're like, you're not going to remember 21. It's like you said, it's just arbitrary. Mm-hmm. 21 is, you're not going to remember that. And it's all a hustle. They're just like, yeah, yeah, you're going to forget, bitch. You think it's a month. It's not. And then the next yeah. thing you know, you're in Zara crying with all your bags full of clothes that you can't return <laughs> from that photo shoot that you did. Was that specific? <laughs> um, so. so many times I've been there. Oh, my God. But also, it's just like, I do get a lot of stuff on apps. And then sometimes you need to app literally one time. And then you end up getting charged for it. Like, I highly encourage you guys to either get one of those apps where it'll track how many things that you're subscribed to. Or if you go to the settings in your iPhone, Androids, I don't know what's going over there in green text land. I don't know what y'all going on. The, the Google Play Store sound like a scam to me. Um, mm-hmm. But with yeah. us, you can go to subscriptions and then you can see how much of your money is being slowly siphoned out of your account by the man. Mm-hmm. Smart. Yeah. But I mean, I think like trials and also just like subscriptions. I love that Netflix and Hulu are like, like hype, like they're hip to this shit now. Like now they're like, create a profile for all your thieving ass friends and family, bitch, because we know it ain't just you. And the same right. person ain't watching British Bake Off and um Sex Cult. <laughs> like that's not the same person. Like we know. <laughs> yeah. They like, we, we know what you're doing. They should just put, we know what you're doing right. above it. <laughs> So you telling me you watching Caillou and Game of Thrones? Bitch, you lying. You lying. <laughs> it's not you. Right. It's all these rom-coms and then just true crime, you right. know? We remember when you signed up for this. You put 18 to 24, bitch. So you watching anime and you also over here watching Love Island? We don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. The lies. You are crossing demos. <laughs> Too many demos. Oh, you you also watching Tyler Perry's Medea Goes to Jail Again? <laughs> you watching that too? Again. <laughs> Lies. Right. So I do love that they're hip to the scam, but they're allowing us to continue doing it. But okay, yes, I do think this is a little bit of a scam. I'm going to try this. Sometimes we get letters and, and they do work. Sydney, actually, Washington, who you and I both know. She came on and talked about, uh, no, this is Marie. You know Marie, too, though. This was She came on and talked about the returning the mattress online scam of, like, if you just ask for your money back, they won't come pick up the mattress. But apparently the girls are hip now, and they're like, no, throw it out the window. We would like our things back. Casper, the friendly ghost, is here for her mattress. Oh, that's so good. I was like, I just bought a mattress. Mm -hmm. Ugh. I mean, you can still try it. I'll try they it. Might, Why not? Right. But they might be like, Rosebud, we're, we're actually coming for the mattress. And we see you on Hulu. And we see, <laughs> <laughs> and we see you on Hulu. And we see uh, that you are on Medicaid, even though you're making too much money to be on Medicaid. So <laughs> no such thing. No right. such thing. OK. Exactly. The government owes us. They owe us everything. But guys, yeah. we're going to take a quick break for some non-scam advertisements. We'll be right back with Historic Hoodwinks. Scams! And we're back! And it's time for Historic Hoodwinks. This is where I'm going to regale Rosebud with a famous con, caper, group of criminals, single miscreant. Who knows? Maybe we like them. Maybe we hate them. Y'all know how this goes. So, guys, a good deal of this investigative effort and quotes from the story come from Nick Kepler's Vice article. Kaylin Brandt does our research. Shout out to Kaylin. Whenever we get a lot of our source material from one writer, one article, rather, we will shout you out but as always we will put every single piece of evidence every single like article is always in our footnotes so if you want to click and learn more you can absolutely do that but to the journalism girlies who be trying to call me honey 
We not Steven is always in the footnotes, but if we use one source a lot, we will shout you out. So Nick Kepler, shout out to your Vice article. We appreciate you. Oh, and the article's called The 20-Year-Old EDM Entrepreneur Accused of Running a $500,000 Ponzi Scheme. Honey. Oh, oh. Charles Ponzi. Yes, okay. Charles Ponzi. Shout out to you. Bernie Madoff. You know, when I think about Charles Ponzi, it's like the father. Bernie Madoff is the son. So maybe this little kid is going to be the Holy Ghost. Let's see. You know? Yeah. Let's hope so. The Holy Trinity of Ponzi. Because you know it's a pyramid. <laughs> Come on, yeah. now I'm preaching. Amen. <laughs> that all made sense. Right. <laughs> so. I'm actually surprised. So um, take that out. I, I want people to think I'm not surprised. But so, <laughs> no, but so a teenager from the suburbs of Danbury, Connecticut. Of course, you're from the suburbs of, of Danbury, Connecticut. Because mm-hmm. where else would you have the privilege and the time to get this kind of online robbery education? OK, they're right. not teaching on this your, at Everest. On your dad's private jet. That is right. How, <laughs> that just flying around the country, right. learning how to scam. He's like long trips from Monaco, you know, like you got plenty of time to learn fraud because you're just right. in the air, you know. And I love that. Right. You can't learn this at ICDC College. Okay, <laughs> and just so y'all know, Lil Romeo didn't go there. He went to USC. He lied to y'all, but he looked good in that polo. So, <laughs> 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 but yeah, you can't just learn this stuff at any regular, regular, you know, internet school. So, um... He was heralded as a wonderkin entrepreneur with a vision for his city. However, after running out of investors, it was discovered the young nightclub owner was running a Ponzi scheme that defrauded everyone from his classmates to an elderly neighbor of almost half a million dollars. Wow. Wow. So the entrepreneurial mm. high schooler. So he's in high school. I told you guys, if y'all kids are interested in getting employed and you didn't make them, they're probably criminals. Any baby who opened up a lemonade stand, they probably going to do five to ten at some point, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And this kid, I mean, I'm just looking at him. He's got leather jacket confidence. Oh, He's yeah. too young to have this kind of... Co- First of all, this jacket is like Marky Mark, okay? It he truly looks like, is. He literally looks like Mark Wahlberg circa 1995. And I just don't... I mean, is he literally in his school right now? He looks like he is in a public school. That is a public school ceiling. For sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you would think he'd get a better jacket with that kind of money. I'm just See, a little... here's the thing, though. When you popping, like, you can't let the girls know. Not in school. Where he go? He'll be showing up with the Montclair sweater. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think that makes you a target if you're doing crime. Maybe he's a smart little baby criminal. Or maybe but, he doesn't have style. You know, you spend that much time on a computer. Are you really looking at the drip? I mean, you have plenty of time to online shop. I don't think that's an excuse. He's got plenty of time. Open up a new tab. Get on Zara. You know. And his school is not giving Connecticut. Like, uh, what is going on with the top of these? You know those panels that they have at the top that I feel like every school has where you can can probably push one up and, like, hide a stash of drugs. Yeah, the styrofoam ceilings. Yeah, it's giving that. (laughs) And then the floor is giving, like, local neighborhood pizza shop. Like, yeah, it's giving like New York City rent controlled kitchen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I will say that this kid, I don't like to roast children. I'm kidding. I, I fight kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's not so, a child. He's but not. He, I mean, he's got weight on me. He's bigger than me. Like he could definitely yeah. throw a hand or two, maybe. So right. he like kind of looks like a nerdy kid, but he's exuding confidence. And I like that for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he looks like he came in to teach. He does not look like he's there to learn. 
You're right. He does look like he's about to flip a chair backwards and educate right. the black youth. Like, yeah, it's not he's giving got a big student. He, yeah, he's got cool substitute energy. Um, <laughs> so yeah. he began his entrepreneur. His name is Ian Bick. Okay, Ian Bick. Mm-hmm. He began his entrepreneurial career at 13 years old, skipping classes to sell soda and candy to other children in the park. What did I tell y'all? When they start trying to sell some shit as children, they are criminals. Your kid come home trying to sell anything. Lollipops, stickers, Pokemon cards. <laughs> okay, anything. I used to sell all that shit. Well, I sold Pokemon cards because I didn't really know anything about them, but I always got lucky. I got a lot mm-hmm. of money for a Charizard once. And I was like, I probably didn't get enough. They probably robbed me. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, they owe you money. Right. They probably do. I need to hunt them down. So according to Ian, this is his quote, I had a great profit margin at the time. I could make up to $100 a day. Okay. Selling hot Cheetos and, and uh, pickles. Okay. <laughs> so as a high schooler, he continued to plan other events for which he charged admission and eventually started making a profit. He planned his first ever large-scale event at 15, a benefit for Dorothy Day House, a Danbury's Matrix Conference and Banquet Center that raised $3,500. Oh, so now he's getting into okay. charitable events. That's hmm. not nothing. He then rented a 20s-era Palace Theater downtown to celebrate the end of his sophomore year. 200 people showed up, and large interest in the event sparked a teen-only EDM night at a local long-standing Danbury nightclub in Tuxedo Junction. So basically, he threw a party with 200 people. What year is this? Because it's giving Sweet 16. Okay, so this is 2013 that a lot of this stuff is happening. Okay, that explains the outfit, too. Yeah. I don't understand how he went from making what did he make like thirteen hundred or something for that charity. He to made thirty five hundred. Thirty five hundred. Okay, so he went from making thirty five hundred to renting a theater. Yeah. Now this is Connecticut, and it's like a sleepy yeah. town. You okay. know, maybe the theater yeah. rental isn't that expensive. I'm also thinking that he probably didn't give that whole thirty five hundred dollars to the charity. Seems like he might have reinvested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. allegedly I don't know right but also like I remember growing up like high school I remember like Sweet 16 was popping we used to see teenagers throw parties all the time and I think that everybody right. kind of liked that environment you know it was like spoiled rich kids cussing out their parents like mom yeah. if Britney Spears doesn't come to my party I'm gonna stab you in your eye in your sleep you bitch <laughs> like <laughs> and me watching right. as a kid like yeah aspirational yeah yeah, yeah. wow I want to call my mom mama like bitch. that one day. <laughs> I want to call my mom a bitch and then she gives me two cars with bows on them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want whatever little rapper at the time is hot to show up. Little, little Bow Wow. Little, little Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> if I called my mom a bitch, I'd be dead. Right. Um, like... I would not be here to talk about it. Right. So after graduating high school, he decided, Ian, to forgo college and dedicate himself further to the nightlife scene. Wow. Wow. This is starting to ring a bell. This feels like I feels like a story I watched on HBO. Okay, but go on. Keep going. Maybe. Maybe. Sometimes they are. Also, I, I love that, like, club promoter was his ambition because that doesn't ever... I've never seen kids that show and tell, like, it's like, I want to be a marine biologist. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a club promoter. <laughs> I know. It's basically like, I want to be a fuckboy when I grow up. Right. That's essentially just, yeah, that's insane. I'm like, 
the fact that this is the problem was like the parents don't understand because they're not of the same generation. So they don't hear club promoter and like hear alarms going. Right. Like you have to be in his generation to know that is a bad choice. Right. That that's not a job. Like that's like a side hustle. And then you eventually maybe you become an owner, but you get out of promoting, please. But I love that he was like, yeah, every time I see a wristband, I just (laughs) light up like. (laughs) What? Yeah, he's like I love the touching testosterone goes up. <laughs> <laughs> so he said he hooked up with a Rhode Island EDM promoter and continued to promote shows around Danbury and the University of Rhode Island campus. However, according to Ian, almost every show lost money, and he started a wholesale imports company to eliminate the debt. A wholesale imports company. What does that mean? I don't what know. Sounds like crime. Sounds like crime yeah. to me. That sounds so, like drugs. <laughs> right. Because I think that's what you import when it's wholesale. Kilos? Yeah. I think that's, I think it's just like a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah. He said, I, I, what do you do for a living? I'm an imports and exports. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I do wholesale of imports of cocaine. Um, <laughs> I yeah. do what customs does. Do you know? Whatever you, you know, you know. We buy, sell. That's what I do. Uh, right. So, right. Ian's first big break into entrepreneurship came in 2013 when Tuxedo Junction had an unused separate bar space become available for rent. Shortly after graduating high school, he started M&B Ventures and raised $600,000 for his new ventures. $600,000? Jesus. According to Ian, he raised the money in quotes through friends and family. If you got friends and family who will give you 600K, why are you even trying to work? <laughs> I mean, is wow. How well is Danbury doing? I'm like, how well is Danbury, Connecticut doing at this point? Right. Everybody put oh. your Air Force Ones on and, and, you know, get your ski mask. Danbury's where it's at. Like, what? <laughs> so his father also happens to own a still functioning high end catering business called Something's Fishy. Ugh. Why would you call your catering business that? I mean, it That's just what? really sounds like all the food has gone bad. Right. Also, like, fishy has never been, like, the word that I would want. Okay, the food is cute, though. Okay. Well, also, I feel like... Are you looking at the food? Wait. This is the Something's Fishy website. Okay, okay the f- these are, this is not the food from Something's Fishy, though. And look this at the, the URL. It says Something's Fishy Catering. I know, but these photos are from the Four Seasons website, okay? He has ripped these photos. Bitch, is that Radicchio? Oh, is that <laughs> micro cilantro? Bitch. Oh, never mind. I take oh back God. all the slander on a tiny avocado. Uh, What is Little that? T- Brioche? Yeah. What is that? Crustini? That's a crostini. That's a crostini. Damn. Okay, this food looks good as fuck. I take it all back. Something's fishy. Y'all want to do my wedding? <laughs> Something's fishy also feels like um, he's sort of waving a white flag already before he's gotten caught. Right. <laughs> like when it shows up and it's not giving all this. Come on, oysters right. on the half shell. Ooh, what the? Oh, yes. Something's so- fishy is what you say when you get the invoice from Something's fishy. Right. It's probably expensive as hell. Maybe that's what's fishy. Okay, but y'all better have a champagne millionaire on them oysters. Okay, look, I like to eat. All right, we can get off of this. Okay. I'll post these photos, though, because the photos are giving. The photos are giving deliciousness. They are sexy. <laughs> they are. I'm a little horny now, okay? Um, 
So Ian, still only 19, began renting Tuxedo Junction's second space. And so Tuxedo Junction, if you guys haven't surmised, is a bar club situation. Um, so he starts renting their second space, the bar, and proceeded to open the Sky Bar and Lounge. How many Sky Bars have I been to in my life? I can't even tell you. I can tell you zero. I've been to zero really? Sky Bars. Yeah. I've at least been to I seven. Mean, I, I have not been to a single Sky Bar. I do not give invite her to a sky bar energy like not not with this voice i don't know rose but you give invite her to a cult that means that you get invited to the sky bar so you are very cute like she's a very beautiful woman y'all will see (laughs) but you know what somebody who gets invited to a cult seems lost someone who gets invited to a sky bar just seems up for things in a fun way you know but that's also kind of low-key lost though that's just like lost but like give me a cocktail Lost but sexy. Right. If you're not in the club for a specific agenda, if I go around the club and I'm like, so what are you here for? And you're like, bachelorette, ladies night. We're here Mm. because my boy just got married. We're here because my boy just got buried. Like, you know, like if you have (laughs) a reason to be in the club, cool. But if I come up to you in the club, you're just like, yeah, I don't know. They said it was ladies night. Yeah, you lost. Yeah. (laughs) You're looking Why for the you cult here? down the street. Right. Yeah. That's, cults, that's your next place to recruit. The, <laughs> I can't give y'all advice. No. <laughs> Just start pulling people from the back of the line at the club. <laughs> they ain't going to get in anyway. <laughs> It'd be like, you're tired of being in last place. <laughs> you're tired of them being like, you. everyone could go but you. <laughs> yeah. We, we have a place for you. We have a place where everyone's allowed. Right. Okay. So he opens a second space, Sky Bar. I don't know how people get LLCs for Sky Bars now because I t- I'm telling you, I've at least been to seven. So during this time, he was also slated to open a gourmet hamburger restaurant in a choice location. Ian's radical new plan was to open the restaurant whose space had seen several owners over the previous years. He- so this is his quote. He said, we're going to be doing something a little different. We'll have high quality, freshly prepared hamburgers at reasonable prices. We will also offer delivery services. I don't know if that's different from the other restaurants high quality a hamburger just really don't yeah it's just he's just talking in he's talking in a way that you that you talk to investors you just say we're doing things a little differently and then you describe something they already know so that they feel safe enough to give you their money but they also trust you with the creative stuff because they're not creative you know? I just think high quality hamburger. Like, how high quality can we go? I mean, you what? You gonna give us some, some truffles on it? I mean, I just don't know how high. You, it's like high quality hot dog. There's a threshold. Yeah, you put caviar no. on it. Like, how is it gonna be? It's like so saying you've got high quality mozzarella sticks. Like, what? What are you? <laughs> what are you talking about? High quality jalapeno papas. Okay, that's what we gotta be. <laughs> hey, like, it's bar food. Um, bar food. It's only so far we can take it, but okay, okay. Um, but you're right. That's investor lingo. He's trying to g- get the girls to give him money. Also, if several restaurants have been closed in this space, as someone who used to work in the restaurant industry, like we all know that means it's a bad luck situation. Like I used to work mm-hmm. in a place called Roku. Before that, it was um some place called Chin Men or something. And then before that, it was Hamburger Mary's back in the OJ trial days. Before that, it was like it was like a bad luck space. It was something about right. the space that didn't work. So it's like, why try again? Right. There's so many places like that in New York you pass by that you just like it's a new business every year and you're like Good luck. Um, I hope you can make it work, but 
No, it's no. just like you're you're building a business on a graveyard of other businesses. It's some spirits in there. It's like Lake mm-hmm. Lanier. People always getting sucked into Lake Lanier. It's because of some spirits in there and they don't want it's you like, to succeed. Stop going in there. <laughs> stop trying. OK, you're not different. You were not different right. from the people before you. <laughs> so so yeah. Ian's father also was said to have lent him two Manhattan chefs from the catering company to help open his restaurant. Now, we saw what uh, something fishy was giving. So if anybody could elevate a hamburger, a hamburguesa, it is probably <laughs> something fishy. Right. So Skybar folded after six months, went wham. But there were rumors that Tuxedo Junction might close too. So the whole business was doing bad. This is the bar. This isn't the restaurant. And so Ian scooped in to purchase the place. Tuxedo Junction could have been considered similar to New Haven's Toad's Place. Do you know that? Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. Mm-hm. All right, New Haven girls. This is this one's for y'all. Okay? Go up. Toad's <laughs> I don't know place? anything about it. Yeah, in Connecticut. Okay. It doesn't sound sexy, but I mean, so did something's fishy, didn't either. So okay, no, no, he's. Not now, let's great look at, at Toad's things. place. We got some images. Okay, so this is Toad's place. Oh, uh. so this isn't really a club. This is like a bar you go to that has like a very sticky laminate countertop. This is a New Jersey strip club. Oh, Lord. that's what this is. <laughs> they doing live music sometimes. This oh, this is, is a current I mean, photo. He got a mask on. <laughs> yeah, this is like, I mean, this is not a good look to yeah, me. Th- this is the kind of bar where definitely some bitch named Amy is going to spill her beer on you. Um, yeah. The awning <laughs> looks like a pizza place. The yes. awning to the restaurant looks like a pizza place. Um, Toad's place is encouraging violence. It's the kind of place where they're like, yes, do get drunk and fight somebody. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in the bar, break things. <laughs> yeah, and this is like come here at the end of the night. This yeah, isn't when... this isn't your first destination. This no. is your last destination. You hit old Toady Toad when all everything else is shut down. Toad stays mm-hmm. open late and they keep the pizza going. It's under a heat lamp, but you know, it's sustenance. <laughs> and you eat it. So the chef is under a heat lamp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Toad's place. So Back to the place that we're talking about, tuxedos. It had once been a stop for alternative rock bands traveling from New York to Boston. Occasionally, a net for acts that would eventually go multi-platinum, like Corn, Blink-182, Oasis. It had been several years since the venue had enjoyed that level of success that it once had. Uh, but yeah, you can hold on to that. We all do shitty venues. I was doing stand-up in Karma Lounge and making hookahs at the same time. So, you know, we all do a... Yeah, and it was in the basement. Guys. Mm-hmm. The basement where we also did foot parties. And I told y'all about that in another episode. So we don't need to get into that. So this is Tuxedo's now. We're looking at Tuxedo. Oh, they made a video for this? Okay, so we're going to watch some of the advertisement for Tuxedo's Junction. Classy. It's a brick building. <laughs> they got a, a black awning. You can barely read the font. It looks like somebody painted it like with a yeah. thick brush. Yeah, or- like this is this is like um, this looks like my handwriting on my moving boxes. Right. Or you know what it looks like? If you go on Instagram and you use the writing tool with your finger and then you try to yes. do cursive, this is what it's giving. Mm-hmm. Like the finger was too oh, fat to do the cursive. Perfect. Yes. yes. That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, let's see a little bit of this. I'm interested. It's called Connecticut's premier live music venue, Tuxedo Junction. Okay, they got some music. Yeah. The you play. And mama. Okay, it looks like a music venue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, why are they filming it empty like this and all cold? I mean, I could see them trying to like, oh, they got a nice green room. 
Are we calling that nice? <laughs> uh, for for Connecticut? Oh, okay. Okay, I'll give compared, you that, Compared to Frog Place or whatever True. it was? <laughs> Frog Place was ass. Okay, and then they did show a rave at the end, and they had confetti falling. So if you're on the right amount of stuff, you might yeah. have a good time at Tuxedo. Yeah, you're going to see this in the dark. All of it is in the dark, and you're thinking like blue, green, purple lights, you know. Right. Euphoria lighting. It's going right. to be sexy. Yes, this is like if Euphoria was on uh, VH1. You know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> that's yep. what it's giving. That's what it's giving. Yeah. Um, so this is something that Ian created. He created this video, like, with this trailer so that the girls could see, like, what's what's going on. Is it cute? So we love this. Um, so behind the scenes of the crime. So he did that promo and got it popping. And then he also had, like, a kind of documentary-style trailer. So, you know, he's really trying to give what's... He's trying to give the energy. The energy, okay? So, behind the scenes of the crime. During the time that Ian was building the entrepreneurial career, he was also committing crimes. Well, duh. Like, we knew that. Like, where he gets... He said he did imports and exports. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. He's a club promoter by the time he's 16. Yes. He's he's doing crime. Yeah. I don't know if any club promoters aren't doing crime, truly. Um, Yeah. It just feels like something, it's a side hustle. You got to do something else. It's kind of a crime just to bring people to the club, to be honest. Let's be honest. Big facts. Like, Like, so the real story behind his starting a wholesale imports company, what do we say, and raising funds from friends and family was quite different than the story that he was publicly pushing. So remember, he hired a documentary maker, too. So he was also trying to like, oh, oh, here's my thing. If you do crime, you cannot be famous. Come on. The Jen Shaw's, the Erica Jane's, have they taught us nothing? You know, you cannot be famous doing crime. You have to be Don't put yourself in the video. Do not put yourself in the video. Right. Or make yourself like Banksy. If you want to be famous, like, just don't be seen ever. Yeah. (laughs) Banksy probably do crime, too. Let me tell you, Banksy, don't sue me. Uh, (laughs) It's like Daft Punk. Walk around with a helmet on. Right. And then you can be famous as soon as you put your helmet on. And then as soon as you take it off, you can go do crime again. (laughs) Right. That's what you need. (laughs) Around the world. That's why they're saying around the world. Because they do a crime around the world. Okay. Around the world. Crime. Okay. Yes. Used to love me some helmet head. I was like, yes, helmet. I know. I was so sad when they broke up in the middle of the pandemic. I was like, now this? Tragic. Honestly, Daft Punk was the only people who should have been able to survive the pandemic. They had all masks. I know. I'm around like, their whole head. You guys were fine. Y'all were innovators. Nobody was doing that. Honestly, how do y'all even break up if y'all wear shit on y'all head? Can't somebody else just get in the costume? We would never know. And how do you break up when it's been six years since your last album anyway? Like, just tell us you were, tell that, tell us that was the last one. Right. Y'all didn't break up. Like, this is bullshit. I hope the, I hope the record label's like, well, we do own the name. So we, we are just going to do some casting for someone to put the hat on. Me too. <laughs> I want to get in the hat. It's like, she's Daft Punk, the, the lead is shorter and now black. I would <laughs> leave my life to be Daft Punk, okay? <laughs> I would leave my family. Rose, buddy, you could definitely fit the helmet. I would love this for you. Not leave my family. <laughs> <laughs> I would leave my family to be Daft Punk. Yes. Okay? <laughs> so 
during his senior year, Ian and a friend, John Robel, began soliciting investors for an eBay business. Allegedly, they planned to purchase eBay user accounts with pre-established high positive feedback ratings, buy electronics wholesale, and then sell them on the site for a steep markup. The first investors were friends, were high school classmates who knew Ian as a show promoter. Ian falsely and fraudulently claimed that he was generating profits from these events when in reality, he admits in 2013 in a local news article he was losing money. Somehow, he managed to pay off the first round of investors. Ponzi, honey, that's how you pay them off. You keep keep Mm -hmm. getting investors and then you give those other investors a fake return. Mm-hmm. But you say you can't divest, though. You can't divest. I'm going to give you some... It's getting interest. You really, you really want to take it all out now? Because it's getting interest. It's being accrued. Right. right. Okay, you don't want these accruements? That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this guy. He was on Generation Hustle. That's what. That's the show. Oh, yes. I remember he looked into... He, like, looked into the camera and was like, I don't think I was a con artist. And then l- later... Was like, yeah, I guess it was kind of a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> right. Okay, I was a little, I was like a taste of a con artist, like a nibble. Really? You know, yeah. I was con artist light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, you're full. I think this is a full con artist situation. That's funny. People talk about that. They tweet me about that show all the time. I've yet to watch it. I don't know oh, why. It's great. But, it's great. Um, so... He managed to not only interest more classmates, but their parents and friends and beyond. According to Dave Lippman, a brother of Sigma Phi at um, University of Rhode Island, a frat that was infected by the investment craze, he was getting great words of mouth and had shown good faith to people by returning their investments and people were reinvesting their money. Lippman invested $10,000 of his inheritance to Ian and convinced his family members to invest a great deal more. Now, wait a minute, bro. You already invested 10 k you don't want to see what that's looking like before you get mama and pop pop involved and uh grandma or grandfather warbucks and <laughs> daddy money bags. I mean, that's the, people you got to have so much disposable income to right. to just to just put your faith in or you just really love a hustler, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sure in Danbury, Connecticut, people aren't hustling like that. Right. You know, so they see somebody doing that and they're like, "Wow." Look at the balls on this kid. And they oh, just. Right. He's probably giving Hollywood lifestyle too. I imagine he's talking investments over like the finest. Um, what's a what's a middle range champagne? Like the finest. Right. Just, just not, a, a, a not boxed booze. wine, you know, not even. It's not just, quite giving Andre, but whatever. Oh, you know, La Marca. You know, he's ordering bottles of La Marca Prosecco to the table. He's got the baddest right. bitches of Connecticut doing bottle service. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's and you saw the way he was standing in that school. He, he it was like he was selling the property and it was like he was standing like it was a mansion. You know, right. he he had he's like overly confident the way he he's looked standing. like he owned the place. And I was yeah. like, maybe he does. Maybe he does own the place. So you're right. Mm-hmm. So classmates would take Ian and his partners on outings, boat rides to have contracts drawn up and deals signed. Because you know, that's how the money's made, honey. You got to go on a boat ride. You got to meet a hotel. You got to smoke a cigar. Go to the strip mm-hmm. club. This is white men investing. Mm-hmm. However, the funds were being spent by Ian Bick, not on any investments or deposits, but shopping and travel. After one investment of $50,000, Ian allegedly bought two jet skis and a trailer. His lifestyle exploded into one of luxury involving expensive nights out at the casino, first class travel, and more lavish purchases. I'm going to say as a scammer, don't go to the casino, bro. I understand to keep yeah. the grift up. You got to look rich because if you don't look rich, I'm not going to give you my money because you're not giving rich. Right. No. But jet skis? Like, jet skis, I mean, 
you're going to jet skis, you're going to casinos, you're going to middle America, like all expenses paid um, resort, hard rock resort vibes, you know? Right. Yeah, you don't go, you don't go full out, like, you gotta chill. Like, so, obviously this is giving him a way to purport himself as like a big baller, shot caller. So this is how it all falls apart. As with Ponzi schemes, hmm, Thayer reaches an end of the rope and no money to pay back to investors. According to Dave Lickman, it was a gradual thing. He just slipped out of the picture. Then he wrote me a check that bounced. Ian started slipping onto the Fed's radar when, in July 2013, he lied to a U.S. postal inspector tasked with investigating bank fraud. Mm. Listen, the postal service is how they get you a lot of the times. It's a petty thing, but they're like, oh, did you mail a crime? Great. We got your ass now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Did you lick a stamp, bitch? Perfect. Uncle Sam on your ass. <laughs> and that's almost, that's the worst, too, because it's not like I've ever walked into the post office and had had an experience where, like, I walked out and felt like I got along with everyone, you know? Like, mm. like we all understood each other and we're, and we're friends, you know? Yeah. That's I always walk about- out of the post office like, man, I fucking hate the post office. Like, I... <laughs> we all do. I never... Yeah. Nobody ever walks in there and feels good walking out. USPS's so, motto is the customer's always wrong. Exactly. <laughs> no matter exactly. what. Exactly. No but matter honestly, what. I kind of love that for them because in so many industries in the service industry, it's the customer's always right. And as we've seen with the pandemic, all the Karens and the Joe Bobs out here acting a fool and, and making people's lives hell. You know, I, yeah. I wish that more people could cuss out, you know, Starbucks customers and be like, bitch, this is what you ordered. Oh, you don't yeah, want no foam? <laughs> Throw a I'll cup tell you at one them. thing. If I walk into a post office, I'm going to behave myself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never walking into a post office demanding anything. Cheryl Lee ain't getting no attitude for me. Every time, like, they're doing me a favor. <laughs> thank you so much. I just want to mail this one parcel. I, I put can, it right here. Okay, thank you. Thank you, please. Yeah. And how much of my money do you need? <laughs> It doesn't matter. Just tell me. Okay. I kowtow just out. take it. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't hurt me. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like we all need to get into service industry and just realize that like the customer's usually wrong and they can mm-hmm. catch these hands. I think that service in America would be a lot better if uh, people didn't feel so entitled. But you don't <laughs> have that entitlement in the post office. <laughs> <laughs> just to have but, that on, on the post office door. The customer's always wrong and you can catch these hands <laughs> would be a... Perfect sign for right. USPS. Act right. Grab a quick bite. <laughs> Act wrong. <laughs> These hands are strong. Okay. And that's our policy. <laughs> so, yes. So um, he told the inspector, the USPS inspector, that one of the investor's money had gone into an artist's deposit for his shows at the Tuxedo Junction when it hadn't. Allegedly, at one point during the following year, when the scheme began falling apart entirely, Ian went to the home of an elderly woman who had previously invested to ask for another $10,000. She said no because she literally did not have the money. Damn. Now, why are you picking on Miss Gertrude, trying to get coins from Miss Gertrude? She done already gave you her last. Her grandkids going to be pissed when That's they get the fair. call. To- yeah. <laughs> That she went up yonder and and she ain't got no coins for them. (laughs) Leave her alone. (laughs) That's not right. That's not right. When she go up yonder to be with her Lord, they ain't gonna have no coins to, to, you know, get her a cute little headstone moment. You ain't right. Miss Gertrude gonna be in an unmarked grave because you, Ian. How you talking about you did a scam? Ian's gonna be there with a Sharpie just writing her name. (laughs) Oh, no. Every day. When it rains, he's gotta go back. (laughs) He gotta go back. That's got to 
be a part of his parole. He got to go back. Updated. Yeah. <laughs> so charges and aftermath. By the end, Ian allegedly scammed investors out of almost $500,000. He was charged with 11 counts of wire fraud, along with three counts of money laundering and one count of making false statements to a federal law enforcement, the postal inspector. After pleading not guilty, not guilty, not Ian. Ian. You can't use the shaggy defense. It no. was you. It was you. Every we, time. Bro, we got you in 4K. You did the 4K. You did a documentary. <laughs> the, yeah. You did a documentary and also said it was a Ponzi scheme yeah. in the documentary. And also, this was in 2019 when yes. he was like, I mean, he in 2019, I remember he was released, I think. Yeah. Right? So, so that's when it's like double jeopardy. Like, he can't really, you know, he's good. At that point, he could call it what it was. But this is before. Right. This is when he's, the charges are writing down. So <sighs> after pleading not guilty, Ian, then 21, was found guilty and convicted of six counts of wire fraud and one count of money laundering. Yes, we know you were in there laundering that money with Tide, Gain, and Febreze. Like, we, mm. we see you, Ian. So he might have avoided jail time had he not violated the conditions of his $250,000 bail. While on bail, he not only jaunted off to a New York casino, but had continued to accept about $15,000 from an investor in order to fund six different trips. What? In. In. Oh, my God. You literally just, the Fed said, we see you, sis. You thought that they weren't going to be watching you? What? You could have avoided jail time. Honestly, he must have scammed some nice people because not only jail time, like there was no hand time. Nobody pulled up and popped the trunk on you. You're lucky. You're mm. very lucky that you're in Danbury, Connecticut. It seems like people were like, oh, Chip, let me tell you a wild story at the country club. Like they just didn't give a shit. Yeah, they just, I mean, they're not even buying guns in Connecticut. But mm. let me tell you something. If this had happened in Texas. Oh, that's your ass. <laughs> This kid would be dead. <laughs> we don't we don't play those we play those kinds of games. Not in Texas. Yeah. So uh he continued to run concerts out of Tocito Junction, ultimately had his entertainment license suspended after three alcohol related violations, likely related to him not having a license to serve alcohol. Yeah, it seems like you'd probably need one of those before you buy the mm-hmm. liquor. And additionally, he allowed the sprinkler system at the venue to be disabled for months, creating a serious safety issue. Damn, Ian, you was gonna let everybody die in a, a warehouse fire? Mm-mm-mm. No fire yeah. happened, but it, obviously it's very unsafe to not have the sprinkler system working when you're packing people into a wooded box. Right. And using tons of electrical equipment and lights yeah. and probably liquid spilling Confetti. into sockets. Yeah. yeah. That's a recipe for fire. You would obviously Smokey the Bear was nowhere near this. Um mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure he's pissed. I'm sure Smokey was the one who came in and was like, the fuck is this? I said only you, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So according to a memo from the sentencing hearing, this is a quote. This may be one of those rare white collar cases where a significant term of imprisonment is necessary for specific deterrence, as demonstrated by Bick's post-conviction conduct. On the stand, Bick lied about his conduct and has yet to take responsibility for the crimes that he committed. He also lied when he told probation officials he paid back his most recent investors, even employing his father to tell the investor not to contact police as he would never get his money back that way. Wow. So he had his dad go bribe this guy when he was on the parole board. Wow. And he was like, I gave all the coins back. And then his dad was like, look, if you really want them coins back, you better tell the police he gave them back. Oh, my God. Holy but, shit. But I feel like that's where you have to be like, OK, well, give me the money back right now and I won't say nothing. Because after no, you don't say anything, you it's be, free. That's when you got to be like, um, son, you're going to jail. <laughs> 
That's when you tell your son you're going to jail. Um, Yeah, but we've seen a lot of parents stand by. I'm going to stand beside him. That's my Mm -hmm. son, and I'm going to stand beside him. (laughs) My God. Yeah, no matter what they do. I mean, Derek Chauvin's parents were at his trial, sentencing trial, pleading for him to not get time, saying it was going to ruin their lives. Bitch, we don't help. Good. Good. Yeah. Like, you should be embarrassed that this is your son. Are you not embarrassed? This is very embarrassing. Has your life not been ruined already by what your son did? Um, He was, he's a monster. Like, he has the record to prove it. Like, if I was you, I wouldn't have even come. I would have been like, I don't know this man. Who is this man? Sorry to this man. Like, never met this man in my life. What's this number? I don't know who this is. (laughs) That's when you got to go full. I never had a son. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what? The ghetto. So... As of April 2021, Ian is now 24 and working an 80 to 90 hours a week at Whole Foods as an assistant manager of the prepared foods department and trying to get out of his probation. So, oh, wow, he glowed up. He got some tattoos. Okay, prison kind of made him glow a little bit. Lacy. <laughs> okay. He, a little, he was doing some push-ups while he was in the joint. Okay. <laughs> It'll be back at it again. He's not giving that he's reformed at all. It's not no, giving he's any got, kind of reformation. Listen, if you go to prison and you come out looking hotter and you've uh, <laughs> tattooed your forearms, you need... It's This has not been restorative, okay? He got a correctional not, facility glow up. <laughs> this is not a redemptive story. No. He's Ugh. still got light behind his eyes. Like, oh, Lord. Yeah. This is Shawshank in reverse. He is... He has climbed through 500 yards of shit to sit in 500 yards of shit. Right. what is about to happen. And the pure fact that he works at Whole Foods and he's already leveled up to a management position, like, you can't keep a good white man down or a bad one. (laughs) (laughs) Can't keep either. Can't keep either down, okay? He glowed up. So he should have no difficulty making the original court ordered a thousand a month restitution, let alone the two hundred dollars per month that he failed to make. So he is supposed to be giving restitution and he's like, I ain't got it, girls. These tattoos, they cost. They do too. They cost money. But guys, oh gosh, it's about to be the saddest part of the show. We're gonna take a quick break for some non-scam advertisements and we'll be back for the end of the show. Scammer of the week. Robbery! And we are back, and it's the saddest part of the show where I have to let Rosebud go. But before we let Rosebud go, because you know she's booked and busy, honey, she's got to get to the things and the places. Um, (laughs) Scammer of the week. This is where we honor a charlatan who's worthy of our praise. Or not. We'll see. Uh, Fox News host. Oh, well, uh, that. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) I will read some more, but I mean, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Uh, Fox News hosts, including Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, and Tucker Carlson, names I have never said on this podcast, wow, have pushed a new COVID treatment over the past six months that doesn't actually treat COVID. Yeah, we don't like this. Mm. So I can't say those people's names again. So uh, boo-boo, <laughs> shitty, ass white have pushed the livestock deworming medication ivermectin in their quotes is an alternative to the untested experimental covid vaccine they tell they are giving their listeners i'm sorry yeah 
livestock deworming. You guys are giving, they are giving their listeners livestock diarrhea mm-hmm. medication. You are. You know you what? Correct. They're not off base. <laughs> <laughs> For their listeners? Probably. They're not totally wrong. They they understand their demo. If you stand all three of these girls and you listen to this podcast, I don't know how you got here, sis. <laughs> I don't know how you got here. Uh, I guess. Thank you. No, I can't do that much. But you know, you're here. Um, but yes, they say, y'all, get this horse... Uh, <laughs> Get this horse Imodium, okay? Mm-hmm. Get the, get this horse Pepto. Um, so they tout that the drug will help prevent or treat COVID, something the drug was never designed to do and certainly not in humans. In large doses, doses for a cow, the drug can be highly toxic to humans. Here, now here's... Let me pull over. Skirt, skirt. <laughs> so y'all won't take the vaccine, but you will try out some horse dewormer? I mean, it just feels like one was a clinical trial, studied, researched, a collaboration from scientists all over the world. There were clinical trials. People tried it. You know, everyone was getting the Fauci out on TV. But you're going to go with... Uh, you're going to go with Lego head Sean Hannity. You're going to say, let me, let me hear what this square-headed man has to say. And let me just put it in my body. Just sheer faith. You know, honestly, if they're even listening to Fox News, that watching it, listening to it, that alone, or really any news, it's it's worse for you than the vaccine. Okay, right. Just any of the it's but Fox especially. I mean, you are taking the meth of news. Right. You're putting that in your eyes and your ears. You are drawing the blinds. And Dangerous. filling your body with poison. <laughs> okay? And this ain't even good. We're not even talking about uh, goddamn uh, b- Breaking Bad meth. We're not even talking about some cute blue crystals. We talk about some <laughs> Arkansas, the trailer done blown up three or four times. Uncle Cousin meth. Like, what? Yeah. What? No. This is just... So... The rise in poison control calls prompted an alert to be issued from the Mississippi Department of Health as 70% of all recent calls to poison control have been related to ingesting livestock or animal formulations of infection purchased at livestock supply centers. So now you got the people at the Moo House, you got the people at the Kitty Cat Shack having to put this shit behind bars because y'all are trying to drink it. And here's the thing, we're, the cognitive dissonance of this. Are the people who are getting the vaccine calling poison control and 70% of it being the vaccine? No. Like, it's... And then here's the other thing. So you're telling me, y'all want to know what's in the vaccine. The vaccine's FDA approved. Y'all don't believe it. Y'all don't trust it. But then when you go to the hospital because you're unvaccinated and you have COVID, are you Mm -hmm. asking what's in every IV that they give you? Are you checking the ingredients of the remdesivir as they intubate you? No, you're not. I don't think any of these fools has ever gone to the hospital and said, antibiotics? Okay, what they putting in the girls? What's in the anti Mm -hmm. and what's in the biotic? And can you write it down? Like, what are you talking about? And this is where, I think this kind of brings it full circle because because we were talking about cults in the beginning. Yeah. And this is a cult. They are in a cult. Like, they they have a cult with a couple different leaders, okay? And it's a death and, cult. And it is a death cult, and it will lead you to eat 
livestock diarrhea medication. That's how you know that- you in a cold, cult. Like, it, I guess my last point to this is, guys, do we need to just create another vaccine that's the same vaccine? It's the Pfizer, it's the Moderna, or it's the Johnson & Johnson, but we call it, like, Make America Great Again vaccine. We call it, like, uh, I don't know, Give it a, hate, yeah. <laughs> the Vax of Hatred. I don't know. Like, y'all want us to put some red food dye in it and make yeah, it red? Just, like, <laughs> how do we like brand vaccines, it? Vaccines will not replace us. Yes. How's that? How's that? Because... <laughs> Some people are just contrarians. Like when it comes to, and, and sad with a global health crisis, you're going to use this as a, an issue to be a contrarian. But there are. That's the reason why Procter and Gamble has competing soaps against each other. So it's like right. if you don't like gain just because all the girls like gain, well then bitch get into Tide. Fuck right. gain. But all the money's yeah. going to the same place. So maybe we just need to make something that's like uh, Obama. Uh, uh, he he he's not a citizen. Vaccine, and then you put that in your veins. Like, <laughs> Just call it Trump blood. Just call it Trump blood. Just have him. (laughs) Just tell him it's his blood, and just it's my blood. Tell him to pour it in there. It's actually just my blood, guys. When you take this, it's not a vaccine. It's red. It's my blood. I gave all my blood to you guys because I love you so much. Because (laughs) I survived COVID, and it was so easy. It was so easy because I have the best blood. I have the best blood, the greatest blood of all time, and I'm gonna share with you. (laughs) Like, yeah, call it Trump. Get into it. I don't don't want to give you another grift, but at least this one would save lives. Oh, God. So, guys, we have reached the end of the episode. So sad, Rose, but I had so much fun with you. This was so much fun. I had so much fun with you, too. This was great. I'm so glad we finally got to meet, too. I am, too. Hey, Seth. (laughs) Yes. So we always ask on this podcast, where do you want to be found? Where do you want the girls to find you? Okay, so I have a new special. Uh, It is called Whiskey Fists. It is out on Comedy Central's YouTube. If you put, if you go to YouTube and you search Rosebud Baker Whiskey Fists, it'll come up. You want to watch the full special? um, Please tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. Tell your babies. Um, Don't let them watch it. Uh, And then (laughs) I, uh, and then you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosebud Baker. Yes, we love it. And as always, guys, if you want to snitch on your friends and family, scamgoddesspod at gmail.com. Just make sure their scam is retired because we don't want to what? Yes, fuck up your bag. If you want to find me, D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I, Diva Lacey on all platforms. If you want to follow the show, scamgoddesspod on all platforms. Merch, guys, get into it. It's cute out here. Podswag.com. Get yourself some criminal drip, okay? You know you need it. And guys, iCarly streaming now on Paramount+. Plus. A Black Lady Sketch Show streaming on HBO Max. Yes, yes. please invest in all of my scams. Congregation, stay scheming. Scam goddess. This has been an Earwolf production in association with Team Coco. Scam Goddess stars and is hosted by me, Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess. It's produced by Judith Cargbo, engineered by Marina Pais, and researched by Kaylin Brandt. Stay scheming.